Bang on. Bang on. Oh, that was that was weird. <laughs> Just came out of nowhere. What? Where did this microphone come from? <laughs> what but is you happening? just said, let's go. You said, are you ready? And then all of a sudden you just went, bang on. Like, okay. It's like when people um, in the olden days when you were in certain places and there were people around you, you know, community, people would um, sometimes walk past me or drive past and just yell out, bang fam. <laughs> I just did that to you. You did. I just did a bang fam. I haven't been bang fammed in ages. You know when people would secretly say bang fam to you, just whisper it? Yeah. <laughs> I have, well, because we don't go anywhere because we've been in lockdown. No one's had the opportunity to bang fam us. This is the secret language. If this is your first mm. episode of Bang On, which is a podcast about music, art, life and stuff, um, we've been running this game for a few years yeah. and we, we call our, our community Bang Fam. Bang, the, the family of, of Bang On. <laughs> the family of Bang. <laughs> the family Bang. Yeah. And um, not by our own creation but just once upon a time, uh, you know, shortly after we started, people started yelling out Bang Fam. Yeah, or just um, quietly. They're very respectful, <laughs> um, you, you Bang Fam so listeners. They would walk past, like, say the comedy festival was on or something in Melbourne and I remember just walking during across the lights and this girl just walked past and she went, Bang Fam. And I was like, this is cool. It's like a secret language. My, my favourite one is still when I was at Melbourne Zoo um, seeing Cat Power off one of the Zoo Twilights oh, yeah. and I was walking through the Lima Pond oh. and there, I was on one side of the pond and um, a couple of women were on the other side and across the pond someone yelled out, Bang Fam. <laughs> I was just like, I love it. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> enough about Bang Fam. Um, before we get into this week's discussions, and there are, of course, many, can we just quickly acknowledge that after last week when we were talking about Kim Kardashian West's 40th birthday party, oh. the private island, the tone deaf um, celebration that she had, we didn't realise that the best was yet to come, did we? Well, no, I, I don't even, I have no words for what happened, really. I don't even know what to say. Maybe I, you need a hologram of someone to speak the words for exactly, you. Exactly, i.e. a hologram of Kim Kardashian's now deceased or and long deceased father yeah. for her 40th birthday. This was so weird. Robert Kardashian, oh in, a, in a long video, like it went for maybe two or three minutes. Yeah. I've got a couple of questions. Mm. It was out of sync. So obviously they've gotten video of him from home videos and stuff yeah. like that and they've kind of made it work. Where did they get the voice recordings from? Have they just kind of done I, a robotic I'd, copy of his? I'd oh say it God. would be some sort of editing system where because there would be heaps of his voice because, of course, the televised trial of, um, of course. OJ Simpson. Which makes it even darker. I know. But there would have been home <laughs> videos as well, I would imagine, like the singing and dancing home video. That would have been something that would have been real. But then there were the parts... That weren't real, clearly, which is where Kanye West, who had made this video f for Kim, and and I, I just don't understand this part where he said, <laughs> and and Kim, you married the most, 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 most genius man in the whole world, Kanye can we, can West. Can we just take a listen? You've got to hear it from, well, Kanye speaking through Robert mm. Kardashian himself. You married the most, 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 most genius man in the whole world, Kanye West, I miss you all. Don't forget to say your prayers. It's just wild. As it's soon as I said this, I was like, or heard this, like, oh, I see who scripted this. Yeah. I see what happened here. Mm. Oh, man. It's just nuts. My favourite bit was um, when he suggested that Rob Kardashian shows Kim that he's alive 
by dropping a couple of pee-fees. Now, I've never heard the word pee-fee for fart before. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Because he said... That was the big revelation. Sometimes I drop hints that I'm around. Like when you hear someone make a big pee-fee, when you make a big pee-fee. Now, I realise that's for lols because none of us can imagine Kim Kardashian ever dropping a big pee-fee. But and if she did, butterflies would fly out of Absolutely, but we all do, so it's probably true. Yeah. Maybe she's a massive pee-fee. <laughs> Shit. I love it. I love that bit. It was like, oh, that's this one's for the laughs, but I'd have no idea why it's in there. Imagine being reincarnated as one of Kim Kardashian's farts. I just you imagine just as really a ghost. Really the straw, short straw <laughs> there, eh? I mean. Imagine though as a ghost, like, oh, how am I going to let them know I'm here? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, before we move on from Kanye as well, uh, he got, I think, 56,000 votes in the US presidential election. That's the only politics talk you'll hear this week. In case you were curious, 56,000. It's obviously not making many of the tallies at the moment while the whatever the hell that is is continuing. Yeah. In happier news, have you heard that Beyonce, who we always have known, has got a bay hive, Mm. her fan base, now we know that she also has a beehive, an actual beehive. Why? <laughs> I mean, this is great. And I know lots of people are doing it. Like where Why I not? Live, where I live, lots of people do actually cultivate their own bee farms because it's great for the environment and, it, you know, it allows pollination and all the things that we know and love in terms of flowers and growing and fruit and And aren't bees going bees. extinct as well? Like, yeah, yeah, so this is a really good idea. But why, why Beyonce? Like why does she have to have bees? Does I'm glad you asked. Um, she has around 80,000, in case you're wondering, on her property. I know it's random, she said, in British Vogue. This is where it appeared. But I have two beehives, real ones. Uh, she was asked for a surprising detail about her life okay. and, boy, she delivered. So Did she pee had... fees? <laughs> <laughs> I've had them at my house for a while now. I started them because my daughters, Blue Ivy and Rumi, both have terrible allergies and honey has countless healing properties. Mm. So she's churning out her own honey to help with the allergies of her two daughters. Mm. I know Manuka honey's the shit. That's what they say because it's it's one of the best. Has all the great properties. She could have bought the company. She, <laughs> she doesn't need to grow bees. Maybe she saw them on the supermarket shelves and just went, "Oh, the price is too high. I can do better. I can make this myself." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've redefined the live experience, and now I'm going to create my own honey. Oh, maybe there's uh, there's an angle here. She's going to start. A line of organic products. Oh my god! Using her own bee. This is the Miranda honey. Kerr pivot, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is actually. This is her Gwyneth pivot. Yeah, because you know, there's only so much life, and she's doing the the fashion collaboration with Adidas. I love is... that you've decided there's only so like she's musical run out sometime soon. So yeah. honey no, is no, very no, no. Sad. There's only so much you can get out of fashion. I think Rihanna's got that cornered. Oh yeah, true. So I feel like maybe she's. This is this is a pivot. I'd buy it. Yeah, I, I would too. First you gotta, of you, you got to check out. Also, have you seen the pictures in her Instagram of all the like cover shots, multiple cover shots, and mm. and big Vogue spread? She looks incredible. Yeah, I bet. what a queen. Totally. From big stars of today to big stars of yore, an interesting article this week in the Guardian that's done by one of my favourite people. Hadley Freeman in terms of doing profiles of, of major 
famous celebrity. She's extraordinary. Um, she just did an incredible one by on Helena Bonham Carter too. You can check out this week. It's she's just fabulous. I don't know what it is about her profile pieces, but they really capture something that takes that celebrity from being, you know, this this big sort of celebrity to a person you could you can understand. Mm. And I think that's the success of her profile pieces. But she wrote something on the fall of Johnny Depp. This is what it's called, how the world's most beautiful movie star turned very ugly. And this is on the back of the court ruling in the UK that was actually not against um, Amber Heard herself between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, accusing him of abuse. The Sun magazine accused Johnny Depp of being a wife beater. So he was taking the Sun to court. For defamation. For defamation. But as part of that, Amber Heard had to present at the trial. Mm. And this got really, really ugly. And it showed a lot of flaws in a character that has been held up for a long time as somebody who bypassed that system of famous person being toxic, famous person being an abuser, famous person being a drunk, an alcoholic, um, all of those things, a drug user. Um, And it brought it up in a way that I think for a lot of us that grew up in the 90s where Johnny Depp was one of the the three, because there was three, it was Mm. Johnny Depp, it was River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves. Mm. And it's sad to see... uh, I don't know, he wasn't really an idol of mine, but someone someone that seemed to be a little bit outside of the system become very much a part of that system and be a perpetrator of all the ugly things that we've come to see from these people who don't age necessarily well and also abuse their partners. The the way that, like, if you remember, and I was reading this piece and it was taking me back to teenage Zan who... Yeah, grew up with him on 21 Jump Street. I was probably a little bit young for that. 21 Jump Street. Never watched the redo of that one, but that's okay. But that whole era when he was coming up, um, you know, the first film role he did was a John Waters film. It was Cry Baby. He always, he bucked the trend of being the pinup boy and tried to make interesting choices. You know, Edward Scissorhands, one of my favourite films, loved that. And he always kind of went for the, I guess, more art film in in Hollywood um, and really bucked against that trend of, of, you know, being famous and and being the you know the, the poster boy uh but he, he put forth this i you know i guess this character of i'm the sensitive guy i'm the guy that likes to you know read interesting books i make films about buster keaton all that kind of stuff and through all the kind of heroes that he's gathered and talked about his whole life he's the kind of guy that we and i'm not saying these are my heroes but in the same realm of who we idolised, you know. I had Hunter S. Thompson books in my cupboard because I thought they were incredible, you know. I read Naked Lunch and listened, read lots of Charles Bukowski, which yeah. now you read that and you're like, what the hell, just, what, the, what was I reading that for? <laughs> this is not an empowering read. But, you know, Keith Richards, all those kind of things, that mm. sort of like uh, artful outsider kind of personality. And the kicker of this article, there's so many great lines in it, but mm. but one of the things that she writes is basically, you know, never trust a man over 30 who still loves Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> it's kind of like this is all the shit that we grew, like the teenage yeah. idols that then, you know, when you're older you kind of know better. You know that these people are abusers, um, they're pretty hardcore, they're, they're often sort of shit humans mm. and um, sure we idolised them when, when we were younger but then we knew better because we became adults and we saw the problems and the other side of, of their lives. Well, Hadley comes up with that term, the age that they become famous is the age that they stop 
growing mm. emotionally, mentally, all of that sort of stuff. That's often thrown around. And, and, I, and I guess with Johnny Depp this is proven true. And you mentioned people like Keith Richards. I mean, he gave up hard drugs in 1977. He was going to die. So Keith's moved on. Keith moved on. Yeah. And she also mentions Iggy Pop, you know, a similar outsider in a way that, that's managed to, to traverse both the mainstream and to be able to live on the edges as well. I mean, he is incredibly clean living and now is fronting the brand new Gucci campaign. I'm not sure if you've seen that. No. He's amazing. With his parrot? Him and his parrot. Yes, yeah, totally, is. totally. It's great. And, you know, they've been able to still straddle that without remaining stunted mm. in a way. And it's really sad to see that this is what's happened to Johnny Depp. But then why do we expect that they might be better? I think the more and more we learn about figures like this and, and look, she's compared, Hadley, the author of the, the article, has compared Johnny Depp to um, Sean Connery who also passed away this week and I, I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with this but she said that at least with Sean Connery we, we knew that he was an abuser and I was shocked. I didn't know any didn't of this know stuff either, yeah. about that um, and uh, I was shocked too that this is the kind of men that our f- father's generation grew up with and the words that he said and you can look it up online it's quite traumatic the words that he says about hitting women and whether or not it's justified were in the 60s but it was also repeated again with uh, Barbara Walters I think it was in the 80s or the 90s where he again condoned hitting women inappropriate circumstances like oh thank god look how far we've come this is the generation of men that we grew up with but Depp was also a product of this and I guess maybe um to have expected much different lies with that huge generational change. I think we feel the world is moving on, but there's a lot of people still stuck with this kind of misogyny in their DNA. I think also like when I was reading this, I was thinking about what we've spoken about before when we talk about this legacy of rock and roll legend and creativity and Me Too and all of that world that swirls where certain things are dismissed or brushed over because it's quote-unquote rock and roll, it's the art. Mm. And I like that we're in a time where that behaviour is called out, much like we didn't talk about the fact that what Sean Connery said in the 80s and 90s that recently, we didn't talk about it, that it was wrong. How, how is it that neither of us really knew about that? That's kind of wild, mm. whereas today it would be very different. But the fact that Johnny Depp has stayed in that lane in 2020 and through the, you know, 2010s when all of this stuff has been happening, it's sad but it's also really awful. Like I don't feel like it's a tragic character and I feel sorry for him. I've looked at him, someone who's idolised him when I was a teenager, Mm. um, as a pathetic character for for many, many years but there's obviously people who experience a very, a darker side of that on the other other side of that Um, but it's... Yeah, it it seems so incongruous, not just in him wearing, you know, the kind of, I don't know, Rastafarian hat and this dishevelled, I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm Keith Richards in the 70s, mm. but it's actually 2020 and you're not Keith Richards. It's almost like he's lost himself yeah. in this idea of, of someone and he can't quite crawl out. Mm. Um, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's the a fi- real mess. The final line of the article, which you can read, it'll be in the show notes, is um, in any case, the photos in court of Depp passed out on, a ho- on hotel room floors confirmed what most of us had already knew and the judge's verdict has carved it in stone. Depp has become a spent cliché. That was the one thing we thought he would never be. But once again, he complicated the narrative. Bang on.
All I want for Christmas is you. Oh, well, that was awful. now, though. We're not out of sync <laughs> yeah, because true. we're no longer we're IRL instead of in Zoom. So more singing to come. Yeah. <laughs> the bank family like, no, the go cat, back to Zoom. The cats of Australia are very sad about this because it hurts their ears. But um, Mariah Carey, that's the only song I think of when I think of her. Yeah. What's going on with that song? Christmas is coming, but we're still two months away. Nah, we've hit early November. It's really? time. Yep, it's time. And the Mariah Curve is kicking off. This was one of my favourite things I saw on Twitter this week because I think that we've all been so used to seeing the coronavirus curve. Mm. And luckily in Australia, we've crushed it. But I saw a very different curve on Twitter. Um, I think it was a guy called Mike who tweeted it. And it was basically a curve that showed the peak of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas, mm. which pretty much bankrolls her life, I'm, I'm sure of yeah. it. Um, and it was just, you know, the up and then the down and then the up and then the down. And it was just like a focus of it just kind of starting to kick up at the Tiny start curve. of November. Just like a little foot yeah. stuck to the side, just like yeah. ready, ready to peak. Ready to peak. But it got me excited because it means Christmas is coming. And I think this year more than ever, people are not being salty about Christmas. They're kind of like, bring it on. I'm ready to celebrate it from from Halloween and just bring on the good feeling because 2020 has been a shit show and people truly believe that 2021 everything will be better. Spoiler alert, it's going to be a shit show next year, <laughs> but let's have Christmas anyway. What if every year's a shit show like this from here on in? Like I'm actually quite scared about that. Like this, we, We'll get PTSD when we hear all I want for Christmas even more, know. knowing we're just about to go into the loop of shit years. Because so many people are writing on, t- on Twitter at the moment and on social media, oh, remember in 2016 when we said that was the worst year because beautiful David Bowie died and Prince, it's like, whoa, who knew? There are good things though. I have hope and there are still good things amongst the darkness. Yeah, and one of those is the Gwyneth Paltrow Goop Guide to Holiday Gift Giving. Oh, my God, you shared this to me. Uh, Every year. We've got to to be across (laughs) it every single year. They seem to be a bit more self-aware this year because it's called the Ridiculous Holiday Gift Guide. Um, or are a, they? A selection of awesome, ridiculous but awesome gifts that you might want to give people. Once again, Over because it's coming season. from Gwenny, it's everywhere from $125,000 mm. to $36,000. A hand poke tattoo kit. You say self-aware though, you think it is. I think what's happened in the same way that we speak about um, – Conscious uncoupling in a more positive term rather than as a joke. To consciously uncouple these days means you've thought about your separation or your divorce and it sounds quite reasonable. Have we come around to Gwyneth? Have we normalised goop? Have we come around (laughs) to the fact that we are actually on a little bit of this wavelength now and maybe she was forging a path or leading us astray either way? I'm not sure because I looked at this list and I went... Don't hate it. I'd have that. I like that idea. I legitimately looked at the bread lamp, which is a bread, like an imitation piece of bread, like a a baguette. It's a batard. Yeah, um, batard bread lamp that it lights up. And um, the dog crate at $395 that looks nice in your lounge room. Very Japanese. I legitimately looked that up and went, damn, it's only for medium-sized dogs. My dog's now large. Viv would get her head in it at best. (laughs) What about the um, the carbon negative vodka? I'm not sure. By Air Company. I'm not sure. And this is an ABC podcast, so we're certainly not endorsing any of these products. No, I am. Uh, But if you do (laughs) want to buy any of them for us for Christmas, then you know where to reach us. Totally here for it. The custom birth chair. (laughs) 
I'm into that. There's Where's a, the custom birth chair? Yeah, it's by Stiliana Minkowska, who's clearly a visual <gasps> artist. $7,500. It's a fabulous chair. Biff, but I just saw the watermelon bag. Yeah. When we talked about this a few weeks ago, they're selling the watermelon bag. See, this is what I mean. We've come <laughs> we're around. We're on the same wavelength. We, we're on the same wavelength as Gwyneth. And as much as it hurts me, there's stuff here I would buy. Um <laughs> The Lordship title pack, I've already got that for you for Christmas. <laughs> you can become a lord or lady with the purchase of a one square foot of land on a private estate in Scotland. It was also the cheapest thing on the list coming in at 50 bucks. But also funny, the post-structuralist Volvo colouring book at $15. Now that's a bargain. Draw oh. outside the box. Well done. Draw outside the box. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. Like what's, it's either what's wrong with me or... She's got it right. How is it that an, an indoor sauna is only $6,899? That seems too cheap. Oh. All right. Now we definitely sound like we're advertising. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say again. Can you imagine they coming over to my house? And I, look, and I haven't had kids, but if I had, and I'd bought a birthing chair and I made you sit on it. <laughs> it looks like a lava lamp, but you, the one that you would sit on, it's amazing. Mm. The ultimate push present. <laughs> Holy shit. Um. Yeah, look, I think that I was going to say it's a bit tone deaf to to post this in a time when a lot of people are suffering. I think that she is aware that this is a little bit of escapism and it's all a bit silly. I also think that Kanye is definitely buying Kim some presents from this list. Oh, absolutely. Well, the pyramid commode valued at $35,000. Now, look, I've been getting a (laughs) word wrong. I thought commode was actually like a toilet or a bathroom area. Yeah. But what it is is like a a bedroom drawer set. So the pyramid commode at $35,000 is actually designed by – the person who designed a lot of Kim and Kanye's house. See, the interiors of the house. Coming true. Oh my God. Amazing. What are you banging on about this week? Oh, we're there already. Mm. That was quick. Well, we were sucked into the gift guide. <laughs> <laughs> Distracted. Um, I am banging on about a brand new book that's just come out and it's called Sorrow and Bliss. Mm. Not sure if you've heard about it. It's been touted as... Um, oh, it's on my shelf. I just shook my head and there it is on my shelf. There it is. To read. Yeah. It's right got now. the sort of same styling in Australia as the normal people cover, that kind of green and yellow. So you're going, oh, is it along the same lines? And mm. it's it's been touted as the kind of a similar sort of book in that it, it shows real insight into, into flawed characters um, and also is compared to Fleabag, the character in Fleabag, the main character, Martha, who is struggling with um, a really difficult and severe depression and it's also about relationship breakdown. So it doesn't sound like a fun time but it's actually also really cleverly and and I wouldn't say it's out and out funny. People are saying it's funny. I I didn't find a lot of it funny but it's by an Australian author, Meg Mason. She's an Australian writer who's written for all sorts of publications, The Times, The Financial, The New Yorker, all of that stuff, many magazines. She's written a couple of books before but this one I think is going to take it to the next step for her. It's a pretty amazing read. It's really, really dark and shows the character of Martha as, you know, at times not a great character at all, trying to deal with her severe mental illness, which comes and goes. It's like cyclical where she can't get out of bed, where she can't move basically. Mm. Um, 
and how she treats the people around her and how they treat her and the characters. The characters are really great, beautifully drawn. Um, I couldn't put it down and I cried at the end. Like I haven't had that kind of experience at the end of the book. Maybe I saw a few things in there that, you know, are probably in me and, and the way she's dealt with a lot of things. Yeah, and she receives a diagnosis and they never refer to what it is, so it's so it doesn't really matter. So it's actually just about how she deals with the trauma of, of trying to reframe her life and all of that. Like it's it's really good. Is this her debut book? No, she's written a couple more, which I'm not really familiar with her stuff. Yeah. Um, she wrote, uh, what is it, Say It Again in a Nice Voice, which came out in 2012, and she also wrote um, You Be Mother, and that was her first fiction in 2017. But the first one, I think, was some sort of um, memoir. So I, I'm going to chase up her other stuff now. It's really good. Awesome. I'm going to read it too. I'm excited for that. Now, what are you banging on about? Well, you know how last week we were talking about Seduced, mm. the Stan series on the Nexium cult. Did obviously. you get through the lot? Uh, well, I, st- I watched the first episode. Yeah. Hooked. Mm. And then I I tweeted a thank you to you and a friend of ours, Sos, got in touch and said, oh, hey, you should watch The Vow as well. Yeah. And I'd heard about the other series and she was like, no, you should watch The Vow because it will give you a backgrounder on why India, who's the main star, I guess mm. the centre of Seduced, wasn't involved and a bit more of a backgrounder. So I have access to HBO, Foxtel, um, Binge, that's what it's The Vow is on, and I dug in and, oh, boy, I dug in. I watched all seven episodes. <laughs> hey, for someone who interviewed Kylie Minogue this week, that's a fair effort, seven episodes of that and like, Kylie Minogue. Research. I'm very busy but I can watch seven episodes on a cult. <laughs> can we talk about Kylie just after that? Is that okay? okay? we can talk okay. about Kylie. We keep talking, though, about The Vow because I want to watch it. Well, it was really different because, and I'm going to go back and watch Seduced. Mm. Um, both of them are happening week by week on Foxtel and Stan, so... Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of other people are, are watching both or, or one as and well. India did say that this is not in competition no. with The Vow. In fact, she didn't feel ready when they were making that to be able to share her story and she only did so. I, I suspect she wanted to make the documentary but I don't, I don't know. I could be wrong. It's really differently approached as well. Like yeah. the Seduced is a lot more salacious for better or worse. Like it's straight in there. You get a sense of it kind of goes almost to the most extreme moments of the cult um, in the first episode yep. where the vow builds. And I think that in that way it's the vow giving me the background of the cult just shows how it can creep, particularly because he's just cherry-picked all of these elements of self-help, which you and I have probably delved into over the years, mm. you know, things that are quite mainstream that are not crazy woo-woo. Goop. Goop. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like stuff white people like, self-help, yeah. you know, that's basically all the stuff that he cherry-picked from. And so you can see, and I've been watching it with my partner and he's just like, wow, this just feels like the most not normal but you you can see the slide of cult it's very different to wild wild country and some of the other Mm. um cults and cult documentaries that you've seen before so I've been loving that uh I'm I'm very excited about diving in I will watch seduced as well but I just wanted to give you a little thank you for giving me a heads up yeah Um, and I'm yeah I just it's you know for better or worse it's really relatable as you can see how this especially right now yeah. Especially right now. Like, like I said last week when we're all looking for someone, something and with the election, a leader to take us to the next step with some sort of confidence in them, um, it, it would be really easy for any of us to get sucked in right Those now. Those cult guys though, they're all the freaking same, aren't all they? So they're creepy. All the and it's all about their it's all about their doodles, basically. <laughs> Creating up I can't believe I said doodle. That's not the selling point for Nexium. It's all about the doodle. It's all about their doodles and how to create a situation whereby um, they make it okay for 
people to have to do things to them. I just love like that it's you so messed up. Doodle. I know. Stop it, doodle. Thank you for saying doodle. <laughs> no one says doodle, doodle anymore. Doodle. Show, show us your doodle. <laughs> Don't show us your doodle. Do not show us your doodle. Um, Kylie was amazing. Oh my god! Please, please, yeah. please. I'm, so I'm, she's doing the take five this week. Yeah. And I got up very early this morning to mm. talk with her in London, and it was oh, dream come true. Yeah. I grew up with Kylie. Oh, so did I. Like my whole life, you were, she's you were, been you in my life. used to dress up as Charlene and go out into the car and, and like in the garage <laughs> and pretend to be a mechanic, didn't you? Yeah, I used to put on a pair of dirty overalls and my dad gave me an old oil can that he wasn't using and I'd pretend to give like a grease and oil change <laughs> because I wanted to be like Charlene. But did you think can about you that? imagine like, your parents laughing going, oh, <laughs> we've just given her the oil can again. Watch this. <laughs> it was um, it was a huge joy to speak to her and um, Is she awesome, a, though? a real bucket list. Did you, did you, Have you feel never, it? Oh, never, never, never. You've never spoken to her. Never. She's she's on the list. We've got to get her in Bang Fam. Imagine a night out on the Kylie Rosés. Oh, my God. Well, we, <laughs> we can do that without Kylie, but it would be nice if she'd like to join the Bang Fam. If anyone's got any connections, <laughs> if anyone out there, this is like sharing a, a password for a streaming service. If anyone's got any Cosa connections if we could actually have a night out with with Gozza on on the Kylie wines slide into her dms when she's back in melbourne visiting the fam yeah amazing yeah so that'll be on the take five podcast if you're a um you know obviously you're a podcaster if you're listening to bang on if you want to hear kylie talking about disco i mean who oh doesn't my god so good really so good <gasps> She's I'm bang so fam. excited for you. She's bang fan. I'm so excited for you. That's so great. <laughs> Thank you. So great. Thank you. Should we do it again next week? Yeah, let's do it. I'm off to take a shot of carbon negative vodka. Okay, good. I'm off to go and sit in my study pod, which only costs thirteen thousand six hundred dollars. It's a just bargain. it's just a pod with a chair in it that you take to any environment you want. <laughs> just move it round. See ya. See you in the pod. on it's all about their doodles basically <laughs> <laughs>